Good morning, Mother Rogues, Father Rogues, and fellow local and long-distance non-residential custodians. I've had the unfortunate need to re-record this five times. This is your handy-dandy Mother Rogue coming to you from Boston Metro's Merrimack Valley region. And I couldn't figure out why until I remembered. It's a Saturday morning, and I haven't had enough coffee. As a matter of fact, okay, there isn't enough coffee. I need an IV coffee drip. I'm a long-distance mom. What do you want? I'm also a workaholic and a writer. I spend most of my time either on the road or in front of a computer or on a laptop generating ideas that I can put out there to the world and trying to find a way to support my son for the rest of his life after I decide I no longer want to work full-time. Oh, wait. I'm never going to decide that. Never mind. So, this is your handy-dandy Mother Rogue, and I am going to brew some more coffee, my apologies for the sound effects, so that I stay awake for the rest of the day, and at least for this podcast. Today I want to talk about, you said what? What exactly is you said what? Well, you said what is when you get a report from, as I did this week, from a, one of your child's providers at an appointment you were not present for, for whatever reason, you're a long-distance parent, it didn't work with your schedule, your parenting agreement says, uh, sorry for the jiggering, your parent agreement says that, you know, so-and-so, your fearless co-parent takes care of this. But for whatever reason, you pull a medical record, you pull a report card, you look at a school emergency contact sheet, and or something like that gets sent to you, as it well should. You have a right to it if you're a legal custodian. Ask for it. And your information is reported wrong, be it, you know, what they say, oh, she's not or he's not around much or... um you know, there's something that was taken out of context, i.e., uh, he doesn't call when, in fact, you call and you just hit voicemail a lot of times, or um, something about your medical history. And this happens because, uh, well, <laughs> it happens because you haven't lived with your fearless co parent for however long, and they only know unless you've made it a point to share every medical record with them in the world and put every doctor's appointment on their calendar that you have personally, they don't know who you are past the, when you moved out. They have a sliver of an idea, no matter how amicable you are, this happens, by the way. Um, they have a sliver of an idea, but really, you're not talking to an ex about your, you know, about your OBGYN appointments or your, uh, sorry, guys, or um, your prostate. Let's keep it gender equal. You're not telling them about the recent bout of depression you had because you're a long-distance parent, and the fact that you're a smart long-distance parent and you understand that there is no stigma to seeing a professional and that psychotic, anti-psychotic medication and, and depression Drugs that fall into the class of dealing with depression and anxiety should only come from a psychiatrist, so you visited one. All of that good stuff. So, come on, heat up, Carrie. Anyway, and but your ex doesn't know all that, and you certainly aren't sharing these things with him. 
So they only know what they knew when you left or they left you. And sometimes they screw up. They don't consult you for an appointment. They don't, whatever it is, you get the information back of related to your history um, in a context of your child and it's wrong. It isn't right or it's partially right or it's right up to a certain point 14 years ago. What do you do and how can you prevent this? Uh, you can do what I did in this particular instance. This happened to me. It's happened to me a few times. And a lot of the time I just kind of let it ride. It's not, um, ever worth it to, it's not ever worth it for me to, to go back and and correct my ex-husband or to, to argue about it unless it's things like my phone number is screwed up or I'm not listed as mom on the school records or, I'm not listed as an emergency contact uh, because I have the resources to pull in to get someone to my son if I need to, despite the fact that I'm in Massachusetts and he's in New Jersey. My parents live right down or across town. But so what do you do when, huh? You can do, like I said, what I choose to do. I let it ride a lot of the time. I don't, I don't bother because it just means entangling myself with my ex-husband. And he's a great guy, but yeah, I divorced him for a reason. And the reason was we didn't get along and we couldn't communicate. And I don't see that that's ever going to change. So you can, you can let it go. You can contact the provider directly. Um, and that is definitely something you can do. You can say, hey, look, uh, this information is not correct. And here's what is really going on. And I have done that. School emergency contact forms, forms that actually, you know, state who my son's mother and father are. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm all over that. And I read that stuff. I, I actually go get it from the school and I read it. And a lot of times I'm the one filling out the forms. So that's our setup. I do the administrative most of the time. My ex does the, the running around. Um, so if it's something like that, I'll correct it. If it's something that's going to impact my career, your or let's talk about you, let's not talk about me. If you stumble into the situation and it's something that doesn't list you as a parent or ignores the fact that you are custodian and legal custodian, you need to step in and you need to correct that with whomever has that information. And I'm going to encourage you to stay on top of that too, by the way. I'm going to tell you absolutely contact your school, contact your son's, your daughter's physician, contact your son's dentist. Make sure you're listed on those forms as parent because you are and you have every right, no matter if you live 10 minutes or 10,000 miles away, to be included in your child's life. And by the way, legally and ethically, you have the right to be to participate in all of those appointments via remote if you want to. Now, maybe you don't want to be conferenced into a dentist while he's fixing a cavity in, in Susie's teeth, 
But definitely for IEP meetings, if you are entangled in that, or um, not entangled, that's a bad word, but you get what I mean. Uh, you know, counseling, if, you're, if your child sees a counselor or a psychiatrist, um, anything related to medications that have to do with uh, neurochemistry. So antidepressants, all of that stuff. Absolutely. And there's, hey, there's no harm. If, you, if your kid needs that, his, his parents are divorced. And he, his mother or his father is, or her mother or her father, they're li- is living a lot of miles away. They might need to talk to someone about that. That's a lot to go through for a kid. So absolutely, you should be included in those appointments. And you have a right to be. And you have a right to call the provider and ask. Um, I don't know about any of the other 50 states in, in the U.S., but I do know about New Jersey. And legally, if you request to be included, and you are a legal custodian, that provider can't deny that. So choose your battles. If that's a battle you choose, push for it. You have a right to know what's going on with your child. I'm going to take a quick break and we will discuss the times when you need to let things go or other ways that you can. Well, we're going to talk some more. Hold on. I am back and not yet fully caffeinated, although I did finally get through my second cup of coffee, which technically for the normal world would be my third. Well, anyway, who's counting? There's another one on my desk or on my table. I got a lot of writing to do and I got to sit down and pay bills. Such fun things to do. And of course, I'm trying to nail my feet to the floor because uh, I am off the road for New Jersey, and it's been a whole month, exactly. May 28th, today is June 29th, since I've seen Leading Man number one. And I want to get in the car and drive down there, and I know right now I can't. Um, And that comes back to the purpose of this podcast. A lot of what I say I am well aware, guys, does go against uh, what's right. And what should be done. And there are a lot of things in a co-parenting relationship, in particular with an ex, that should not happen. One of them is, absolutely, your data should not be reported wrong because you should be the one that reports it. You should be consulted. Um, I advocate a lot for letting go. The reason I advocate for that, unless it affects your professional reputation, your ability to support your child or uh, your child's, and number one, your child's health and well-being. Um, or your child, and that includes, by the way, your child's perception of you. Don't tolerate anybody bad-mouthing you ever. You're worth more. You're a good parent. You know that. I'm back. I'm actually up in my bedroom. My face is covered in blue clay. Uh, It's a shortcut. I 
I don't know why I'm so busy. I'm just not, you know, my son doesn't live with me, but I am. And one of my shortcuts to washing my face is actually just to slather on a whole bunch of whatever clay mask is on sale at CVS or Clinique or Sephora or whatever, and let it dry for 10 minutes and then get into the shower and then poof, clean face. Pores are taken care of. It's great. Uh, but I stopped because my husband came in and uh, to gently remind me that yeah, I need to get in the shower and get my day going. Um, and usually Damien is advanced conversation. So often there's something about the yard he wants my input on. Um, or he, he's all about the yard. I don't, I'm not. Moving on. Uh, so there are things that I say because I do advocate a lot for just letting it all go. Like choosing your battles is, is my big anthem. And that's because I've been... A, a non-residential parent for 14 years, and I've been an ex-wife for 14 years, and I've had my fair share of arguments that I, in retrospect, I didn't need to have. I could have handled it differently. And if you think about it, the main reason that people get divorced is they can't live together, and you don't want to put your kids through that. Well, if you're going back to your ex every time they do something wrong, every time they misreport something about you, and there is no defense of it, but I will remind you that these the, your ex co your ex your fearless co-parent knows you from the time you lived with them. They don't know you now. They're not privy to your current life. They're not privy to your medical history. They're not privy to your job day to day, they're not privy to your to the fact that you know you you go to yoga class like I do once a week um, because they don't really need to know. And you can have a great conversation with a fearless co-parent in X. Y you can talk to them on an everyday basis, but you're not. You're always talking about your child. You're not actually talking about each other. You're not sharing information about each other. Um, or not anything that isn't related to your kid. I mean, maybe you have a pleasant conversation about how, you know, how it's going at the office and this politics and that politics, but that's about it. You really don't share personal information unless it's necessary. Um, so if a residential custodian, a residential parent does take a child to a doctor or does have to fill out a form, yeah, because they don't know who you are now. They only know who you were when you lived with them. There's the opportunity for error. And if it's a, if it's something that denies you, you're the fact denies the fact that you are a parent, denies you your access to your child or puts your child in jeopardy, by all means correct it. And by the way, that includes anything that impacts your financial ability to support that kid. Uh, there is a stigma against mental health these days. I don't know why. I don't get it. But if somebody puts down on a piece of paper that you're crazy and you have bipolar disorder or something that's going to, if it gets out there, impact, you know, be perceived in a, in a bad way uh, and potentially impact your ability to get a job or to keep a job, um, you don't want that out there. Legally, there is no discrimination. And there really shouldn't be. But you don't want to be perceived as the crazy ex either. So how do you handle this? Well, you don't go to the ex. Because it is their fault. They should have consulted you. They should have, uh, you know, 
they should have reached out to you if they were taking the child to a doctor. They should have included you in that appointment. And it's also, to a certain degree, the provider. The provider should have realized that you're divorced and reached out to you independently, but they didn't. So now here you are. Go to the provider and say, look, I don't want to make a big deal out of this, but here is what you actually need to know. The information you have is wrong. And you can do that. You absolutely can, and you absolutely should. And there is no reason that you should not. Because, by the way, um, you know, somebody having an updated history on your health might, might help your child in some way. If somebody's got an improper diagnosis, if somebody doesn't know that you're the parent, if somebody doesn't know, for instance, that there's a history of breast cancer um, on the maternal side of the fam of your family, and you have a daughter, that's going to impact your kid, your your daughter. That's something that people absolutely need to be aware of. And yes, your children know, but up to a certain age, they, they don't talk to their doctors. We talk to their doctors for them. So check in on this stuff. Ask for these reports. And if you see missing information, don't go to the, ex, the ex-wife or the ex-husband or the ex-girlfriend, partner, whatever, and make a stink about it. Just go to the provider. And then if the provider says something to the ex, which they might, you know, the ex is stuck in the position of, oh, well, I didn't know that. And that's no harm on them. They shouldn't know. <laughs> you know, it's, they, they really shouldn't. The only time I actually inform my ex-husband about my health is when it's going to impact my ability to see my son. Like, you know, if, if the carpal tunnel takes me off the road, um, if the, you know, a in 2015, I had surgery on, on the back of my neck and that took me off the road from, I think it was like September or October until May. I hated that. Oh, that sucked. But that obviously my ex-husband had to know because I wasn't going to be around in person. That impacts my visitation. So, um, stuff like that. But if it's not something that impacts your visitation, excuse me, it's your call whether or not to tell them. And you don't have to. Um, Just make sure that the school and anybody who provides services to your kid, mental, dental, uh, physician, IEPs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, soccer coaches, they have the information correct. That's all that matters. Because that's, your kid is all that matters. And I am going to go get in the shower and face down my checkbook in Quicken. You are all great parents. We are all great parents. We are staying connected to our kids. This is the Mother Rogue signing off. Have a good week.